Happy summer, Cowboys fans. Hope you're having a great one. Hope you're staying cool out there. Or staying away from the hail, actually, right now, if you're in Dallas. Staying safe. Cowboys are out there preparing for the 2023 season. We're preparing to cover the 2023 season. A lot of speculation and talk that needs to take place before then, though. So welcome in to the About Them Cowboys podcast on the Athletic Podcast Network. We are back. We're still here. I'm Kent Producing along with Father John Mashoda from The Athletic. Also from The Athletic, Saad Youssef, and from The Freak. Listen to him in the mornings. It's Kevin KT Fun Times. Always. Turner. Hey, KT. Hello, Kent. Never stop, never stopping. That's that's what we do here yes. uh, on About Them Cowboys. We've made it through minicamp. Congratulations. Good job, everyone. We've made it. All right. You can see it. You can see it. It's still a few months away, but you can see it. John's already smelling Oxnard. Um, so, we made it through minicamp. Uh, I did read your article, John, uh, that was about some of the observations. Can I say that the number one thing that jumped out to me about um, everything happening at minicamp, which is really not a lot on the field, um, was at least... Th- and you know me that I'm a constant warrior of the offensive line. It's kind of the offensive line like um, alignment. It's kind of the yeah. number one thing that jumped out at me. We're going to do the tyrant at left, and uh, I don't know. So I thought that was interesting. Yeah, I, I think it's interesting when you bring that up because it goes back to something we had talked about many a times and within the last year, over the last year, and that's the whole when there was issues on the offensive line, the whole notion that. Uh, this isn't fantasy football. Mm-hmm. And really, if you track everything back to that day, it's become more fantasy football than ever with their offensive line. I mean, there just has been very few times during the time since Mike McCarthy has been head coach that they've had the same offensive line that they can just lean on. So, you know, OTAs was this big, like, you know, we're going to, Tyron Smith's going to be at right tackle. This is where we're going to work him at. And then you get to minicamp and it's, oh, there's Tyron. He's back at left tackle. Tyler Smith's at left guard. I do think that that will ultimately be what their starting lineup is because I think Terrence Steele will be ready. Maybe not at the start of training camp by the start of the regular season. And that, there's just too many people in the organization that use the word best five. And so if you're going to be getting your best five out there, I don't know how it's, it's not even up for debate. Your best five is Terrence Steele at right tackle, Tyron Smith at left tackle and, and Tyler Smith at left guard. I mean, there's just really no debating that they, the only way there would have been any debating that, um, would be, let's say, if they would have used that first first round pick on an offensive lineman, or maybe even their second round pick. And you're like, well, they didn't draft that guy to be a backup. They'd probably want him to be their starting left guard. But that never happened. They didn't draft an offensive lineman until the fifth round. Yeah, no, it's go ahead, Todd. Well, I was just going to say, I think, you know, the flexibility of moving between guard and tackle is something Tyler Smith has has obviously shown that he can do. And so I, I think when you have something like that, I mean, you should use your best five. Tyron, Tyron, to have Tyron Smith out there when he's available to be out there is is an asset. And then if, you know, the inevitable happens, and I think we all at this point go into the season knowing that Tyron Smith is not playing 17 games. So 
once that does happen, you have to have a plan B, which is really not a plan B. It's really just plan A part two. Um, and but but there's no reason to go to part two before part one d dissolves. So I think you 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 should go out there with Tyron Smith as left tackle and Tyler Smith and and I think you know it, it's been impressive to me to see the way that Tyler Smith has uh, the way Tyler Smith has played guard and tackle because I haven't been as closely around the team as I was earlier and and not nearly as close as John has been really over the last ten years. But I will say like. It was a challenge for Connor Williams. Like I remember that. Like I remember talking to Connor Williams, and he talked about just the difficulties and the way that his footwork went, the way that his body weight had to be. Like, and and you know he played tackle, then he had to play guard um, in the NFL. And I and I think you know to see the way that Tyler Smith has handled it, I, I think he's handling it a lot better than what Connor Williams did. Yeah, that's. I mean, it, I will say this. Can I say something without even being um, – I don't know why I'm asking you guys. This is really for the audience. Uh, I want to say something without it seeming like I'm just coming on here and just crapping on McCarthy because I'm not. I do think he's a good coach. It's just, you know, there's a whole different discussion there. But when he made the fantasy football comments, what, three years ago, it's kind of one thing that it just kind of irritated me about him in Green Bay was the – um, just almost the convenience of things he would say to the media. <laughs> it's almost like, I don't even know if like he means what he says. Just like, I don't even know if he means what he says when he says, we're going to run the damn ball. And I saw that Zach Martin had made a, a comment on that. Uh, it was like, hey, we're still going to run the ball and, and things like that. And when you see the Pittsburgh guy in front of you telling you that, that might hit a little harder than when Kellen says that. I thought that was a little interesting. He, ha he has had some comments Um you know, about play calling. And I, I like some of the things he said about Dak. You know, uh, I, I think McCarthy lives in a world where he realizes, look, the success of this team is is going to come down to a lot of things, but the thing that's going to get spotlighted the most will probably be the play of the quarterback. And I think it's what you heard him say a lot of things about Dak, I think, in minicamp. And again, I mean, we just can't stress this enough. And, and you know, you Cowboys fans know this by now. You guys are all smart. Like, Minicamp is not training camp. It's just not as much happening on the field as, you know, we might, you know, you might think. I will say I, I was proud. I was, I was proud to, I actually made it out there for a practice um, on, on Wednesday. And I was happy to know that, you know, given John's 10 observations that I was there for the best play of camp, which was, which, which it was a nice play. Like John and I were sitting together watching it and like, you know, Brandon Cook's uh, speed is definitely is definitely something that you know this team didn't have last year until I guess T.Y. Hilton um, came came along later in the year, but um, but that was a nice play and I agree. Like there's not a whole lot going on, but I do think that some of the uh, you know there's not a whole lot you can read into it, but just to see some of the ways that the receivers are moving around, where they're kind of finding their holes, where Dak is finding them. I think it was all interesting, although, you know, whether you're looking at ball placement or whatever, I thought it was all, you know, a little bit, you're not taking those things away in a training camp practice because there's so much else going on, but with nothing else going on, I did find that kind of interesting that, you know, just how the receivers were looking. And, and back to the offensive line, I, the other thing I keep pointing to on this is, like, we see Matt Wiletsko and Josh Ball out there, and we'll see them get work with the ones, and... Again, they're not in full pads or anything like that, but I just feel like one of those guys, Matt Farniak, you can throw in there too. Awesome Richards, they took this year in the fifth round. You just feel like out of all those guys, can the Cowboys just get one of those like fourth, fifth round picks in the offensive line 
like McCarthy had in Green Bay? Can they get one of those yeah. Josh Sittens, David Bakhtiari, J.C. Treader, Corey Lindsley type guys? Can they get Can they get one of those guys where you're just like it's a kind of a mid round pick that you're like, hey, we're just hoping that he can contribute and takes it to the next level. I mean, that's kind of where I'm at. Where, I mean, yeah. we're we're getting in a, we're getting in a territory here where you you got to start getting something out. Of, well, let's go and ball. And if not, then you got to go in another direction. You know, I mean, it's just clearly you got to get you got to find somebody else that can help you out because you're. Not only do you need a starting left guard if Tyron Smith goes down, but you possibly need another tackle if, let's say, Tyron Smith and Terrence Hill go down. Also, also, you just need another one because you need a swing tackle every Sunday. So those are two guys, you know, well, let's go and ball, that they got to be hoping at least one of them shows that, hey, I'm ready to contribute on Sundays. Whenever you need me, throw me in there. I, I, I can help you guys out. I'm ready to go. Farniak, like I said, would be another one as well. Yeah, I think I, I think like the upside when you look at when you think back to that line uh, that they had in 2014, and you know their their weak their quote unquote weak spot was Ron Leary, and and when you look at when you look at the rest of that now, obviously you don't have Travis Frederick, Zach Martin, and you know everything else going on around him, but I do think that that's basically to me that's the standard of what you should always be hoping for developing from your from your regular offensive like like a guy that you know that you feel comfortable putting out there so what you're talking about with the let's go and ball like to me like can they get to like ron leary you know level like that to me you're not asking them to be you know first round pick tyler smith level or, or tyron smith or anything like that like just get to where you're serviceable and you're not getting worked anytime you're out there because they have not failed at all when they've taken an offensive lineman in the first round, it the trickle down with me is that I assume that they're going to get something out of second and third round guys is too. Of course, not to be starters like yeah. right away. I understand that's why you're not a first round pick. But like for me, and you guys might disagree with this, like because of that, because of how well they've been at identifying offensive linemen in the first round in the second and third. I expected more out of Connor McGovern as a Dallas Cowboy. I expected Absolutely. more out of Connor Williams as a Dallas Cowboy, and they didn't get that. It's really been the first round guys, and then after that, it's I, I, you know I shouldn't say it all the way because Tyler Biotish has, has gotten better, um, made his first Pro Bowl last year. That's a position they feel comfortable with at center. But outside of that, it's been all well. Did they take him in the first round? If not, I don't. You know, we're gonna I guess patch this in with somebody that we're really not that sure about. Yeah, and Lyle they... Collins to me counts as a first round pick too, more or less. Well, and then. I'll give him another one. Terrence Steele's undrafted. Terrence Steele's. So yeah, let's get the Terrence Steele. Yeah. You know, Terrence Steele had a little, you know, trial by fire that he had to figure out. He was always, you know, developmental guy. They knew it would take a minute. I guess I'm speaking more about left guard because they've just thrown so many bodies it, at it. Really, since it is Ron weird. Leary. Yeah. yeah, no, it is weird. And, uh, you know, hopefully Terrence Steele will be good to go when, once we get to camp. And you know, it's just it's just the reality of the situation of – We've done this before at linebacker for years with Sean Lee. I don't know why that's the first example I come up with. Like the Tyron thing, we hope it doesn't happen. Hopefully Tyron's healthy for all 20 games you hope to play this year. But, you know, no, it's not. So that leaves you with other things. And and I think you, you get to an age at, at offensive line too, especially with a guy who's had an almost, you know, flawless track record at injuries and Zach Martin. As you start playing with fire at some point. And, you know, maybe they want Chuma Adoga to, uh, to help out and play and we can throw him into the mix with well, Let's Go and Josh Ball and all that stuff. That's great. Go compete for a job. That's cool. Um, but 
I was frustrated by the draft could work out the way they did. I was frustrated by their strategy at the draft. I don't know if that's what I wanted, uh, but what I wanted doesn't matter. And we've had that conversation already. I thought some more offensive line reinforcements would have been cool. Would have been cool. And uh, a little bit later in the show, um, I've prepared some kind of would you be surprised if type Cowboys questions. And the offensive line is one of the topics. So we'll get back into that in a minute. The, some of the big NFL uh, news from the week, uh, you know, Dalvin Cook released in Minnesota at the age of 27. Um, Saquon Barkley has made some headlines uh, talking about he doesn't feel like, you know, no traction on a, a contract agreement there with him and the New York Giants. Here we are with just uh, this NFL world is, hey, if you're a running back, you're probably not going to be valued anymore past the age of 27 or 28. Like, it's just not going to happen. I was thinking about this. It's amazing. Zeke still hasn't signed with anyone. I was thinking about this, though. Like, I think it's just going to be a thing where every team, I bet there's five teams in the NFL, maybe less, who would pay some of these guys even, like, double-digit millions of dollars. And I was thinking about that. The Cowboys might be one of the last teams that paid a running back. Um, And I think, like, like Saquon's agent, they may have to have that conversation of, look, top of the market – $15, $16 $15, $16 million, like we're just going to have to hedge here and get what we can get. We may have to go ask for $7 million. And that might be what's happening at running back, like across the board. Like it's finally accepted by everyone. And it sucks for running backs because they take a beating and they do a good job. But damn, that is such a short lifespan now at a premium position, especially in fantasy football. <laughs> when, well, when, they, when, when he was talking about it, he mentioned Derrick Henry. You know, he mentioned the way Christian McCaffrey's used. And on those teams, and and Zeke, before his second contract, Zeke was like that too, where the offense is like yeah. running through those guys. That's a lot different, you know? Like even this year, I don't see the Cowboys offense running through Tony Pollard. Like he's obviously going to be their lead back and everything like that, but I still think their passing game is will be the forefront. I really do. And yeah. Whatever's being said, that's fine. I just, that's the way I look at it. It's I mean, like they Kamara. would love for 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 Pollard to be really effective, and and yeah, he is the main piece of the offense, and maybe that does it. I'm just not expecting that. I'm expecting Ceedee Lamb to take another jump. I'm expecting you know Brandon Cooks to to be a big addition to that passing game, and Michael Gallup to be a lot healthier than he was the year before. I expect this to be you know a still passing you know first type offense, but I get where Saquon Barkley's coming from because you take him off that Giants team, and I'm just looking at them like. Okay, you, you you barely made the playoffs last year, which you obviously exceeded expectations. But you think you're getting back there without Saquon Barkley? Like, oh, okay. I, I mean, I'm not in the building. Maybe you've developed a bunch of guys that I don't know about. They got Can't Daniel Jones, it. John. Right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but I, I think I, I think it's also about you know it's not so simple anymore as to just say running back because running back used to just be bell cow, you know, straight back in the eye formation down, you know, down between the guards. I don't think it's really like that. Like John mentioned, like I think Christian McCaffrey. Saquon Barkley is more, more, more so in the Christian McCaffrey, you know, realm. I think in terms of how you can use him than he is in the Zeke realm. Like that's the Zeke thing was surprising because I really thought Todd Gurley was the end of the road. Like I, I, I did not like. I don't think that if if Zeke's contract was just given without any Jerry emotions about how he felt about Zeke, like I don't think that would have happened because I really like the Todd Gurley thing didn't even. It, it looked bad even before they signed Zeke. So it's like, I don't know why they had to, you know, they bent to that. But I think that running backs in general, I think there will be 
a boom back up at some point running backs. I'm not saying in the next year or two years, but it's not going to be your running back who's just running the ball. It's going to be the Christian McCaffrey. I just think that it takes a time for people to churn out those guys. And I think now, you know, the high school level and all that stuff, they're going to start playing more Christian McCaffrey roles. And then you'll see it four or five years later where running backs will be important again, but it's not going to be the running back who's just running the ball every single time and just running through the guards. Like, I think it's going to be Christian McCaffrey is the anomaly right now, but I think he'll become the norm at some point. And in regards to the Cowboys, you know, that that position, there's still a lot of question marks there. You know, Kemalik Davis or Rico Dowdle or Ronald Jones or Deuce Vaughn, like how much can they take on to make up for the carries that were being given to Zeke? And that's even with Tony Pollard getting a little bit more. Someone else is going to have to emerge out of that group. Uh, you know, some guys from that group are probably going to have to help out on special teams. How many running backs are they even going to keep? There's a lot of questions that still have to be answered there for the Cowboys. But like Dalvin Cook doesn't make sense for the Cowboys. Dalvin Cook wants to no. still get paid like one of the top backs. They're not doing that. If the Cowboys were to add it back, it'd be on some type of a really cheap deal. You know, that's why I've always kept that idea open as a potential Leonard Fournette type thing, because Leonard Fournette's not commanding that type of money anymore. And if you're like, hey, you know, we got through training camp, got into the preseason, don't really feel great about our, our number two back spot. We think we could be OK, but man, if we can get, you know, Leonard Fournette pretty cheap, why not do that? Uh, or even during the season, you know, it could be one of those things where, hey, we're going to go into the season with these backs. Here we go. Just not getting the production they want out of the run game. Leonard Fournette's still out there because that's the other thing. Like, would it really surprise you if like a Delvin Cook or a Leonard Fournette or an Ezekiel Elliott aren't still available like after the season starts? Because I could totally see that. Yeah. yeah and, and, and their agents maybe playing the game of like, hey, someone's going to get hurt. Don't worry about it. Yeah. Know? Yeah. Just hang yeah. tight. And real quick, not to dumb it down and simplify it too much, but it's something what John just said about, you know, where your offense runs through. And I, and I think without without looking at running back, like a position in specific, it's all about who your, who your offense runs through. And if you don't have the luxury of having your offense run through the quarterback, I mean, KT, with that, that's why you had Ty Montgomery playing running back in Green Bay because it didn't matter who played running back because the offense ran through Aaron Rodgers. You go back to... Tom Brady's heyday in New England when they had, you know, Corey Dillon and Kevin Falk splitting time. And then they had, you know, they just cycled guys in, Shane Vereen and James White and all these guys. And even go back to like the Indianapolis days, Peyton Manning drafted in 98. Edron James was drafted in 99. After Edron James was drafted, they had a pretty much, I mean, they drafted Joseph Adai early. But when you look at the guys that were producing, it was very much, you know, I think they had Donald Brown or something, right? Like for a while, like they, you're able to cycle things through when your offense is running through the quarterback. And I think that's what, that's, that's also another thing that, you know, John, when we were there on Wednesday and talking to McCarthy and he's talking about how the quarterback needs to own the offense and be the, be basically the linchpin and, you know, do all that. If Dak takes the next step, and, and I think when they signed Zeke, Dak was still an unknown in terms of, you know, how, great what is his ceiling and so you felt like you had to sign Zeke because that's what the offense has been running through but if you're if you can get your offense to run through your quarterback you can look around the NFL it doesn't matter the running back becomes a luxury at that point well you got to remember too that it was a different head coach at that time when Zeke signed. right and Jason Garrett was building it that way Jason Garrett's most successful season he had Tony Romo who 
you know, had, had thrown for a lot of yards, but his most successful season was 2014, where it was, we're going to dial it back with Romo, and, and we're going to run this offense through DeMarco Murray. It wasn't because he was like, I just don't think Tony can play quarterback at this level. It was, hey, let's do this, and all of a sudden, Murray sets a single-season rush, rushing record for the Cowboys. They have a bunch of success, and it starts rolling. So that was a Garrett thing. He wanted the offense to be like that running back first. But to your point, yes, you look at a lot of those running backs we just ma- named, Saquon Barkley, Derrick Henry, Christian McCaffrey, Delvin Cook, all four of them are more are on teams where their quarterbacks aren't great. Exactly. They just aren't. Exactly. That's why they are the you know Brock Purdy obviously got the team far. Uh, that's great. Nobody's looking at Brock Purdy like man. The reason they got here was because of Brock Purdy. He just put him on their back, and that was here we go. It was I mean they had a lot of offensive weapons around him. Same thing Derrick Henry. Uh, you know, Tannehill's had some okay seasons, but nobody looks at him like, oh, well, yeah, you just give it to Tannehill and, and, and just put some pieces around him. Here we go. You know, you can say the same, same thing about Kirk Cousins, Daniel Jones, things like that. So, yeah, the Cowboys aren't in that situation. They certainly believe that they have their franchise quarterback. I think they have a top 10 quarterback in the league. I, I guarantee you that they feel the same way. So you don't lean as much on, on the running back like that. And to be honest with you, that's why I believe that, you know, Tony Pollard will play this season and then they'll go in another direction after the season's <laughs> over. This is why I don't have a problem attaching, like elevating the role of, of coaches in football, because I think in some of these situations, I almost can say, okay, who's the offense running through? And that discussion can continue on with like, well, sometimes it's the quarterback by way of the play caller, by way of what, like, like San Francisco is a great example. That offense is running through some form of, it when he's healthy, Debo Samuel and Christian McCaffrey, and really what the play caller was coming up with. Um, that offense in, you know, LA that won the Super Bowl, that was really kind of going through Cooper Cup in a weird way. And some of the things McVay was cooking up and things like that. You know, look at the Cowboys and I just go, okay, the offense, even though the comments will tell you, you know, in the offseason, you know, the, we're going to run the damn ball thing, I think, get the headlines, right? The offense is going to run through Dak and Mike McCarthy. And... I don't know. Like I, you could read in. I'm not going to be that uh, cynical of a a hole in June. Um, I'm just not going to do that in June. But if you wanted to play that game, and I'm just doing this for the sake of conversation, you know, Mike McCarthy doing the whole "Hey, offense is all about Dak" could be seen as a well, it ain't me. Like it's uh, it's going to all be on him. Almost like a handing off of the responsibility. As but he's a safe also just way. being honest. Like he's also just being truthful in that. Like. You know, that that's the way, I mean, KT, like in Green Bay, that's, you know, he's, that's what he's used to, right? I think so. Yeah. I think so. I mean, I do, I've, I've seen him bow up, I mean, it's seven years ago, but I've seen him bow up at reporters in Green Bay for questioning his quarterback room, right? So, I mean, like, uh, you know, that's all fine and well. If Dak gets hurt, uh, that's not fine and well, but we don't, you know, we're not counting on Dak to get hurt or anything like that. I'm, I'm, I'm highly interested and I, I think I, this is why I was like kind of lost in the draft. And I realized, hey, they, DT is something we got to go get. And I'm excited about Monty Smith. But I was kind of like, man, I feel like the one thing right now that could just implode the offense is not shoring up the offensive line. I didn't think not addressing tight end would implode the offense. Oh, I see, I think there's a that. lot of stuff on offense that can implode. Like, I don't even, like, the defense to me is going to keep them in every single game. Because the defense is going to be loaded, and you add Mozzie Smith to it, I mean, you feel like your biggest hole that you have was your one technique defensive tackle. There's literally not a weakness on that defense, and there's good, pretty good depth on the defense at pretty much everywhere. But I'm still a little bit at linebacker. Whereas on offense, 
so you say the offensive line. If you tell me right now that they don't add any running backs and Tony Pollard gets hurt again early in the season, I don't. I, even if the offensive line's great, I, I, that's kind of a concern there. Uh, you're going to need Michael Gallup to, and he, he did look pretty good in, in OTAs and minicamp, but still, that's not the same as in preseason or once he gets into games. You yeah. need him to, to overcome, uh, you know, obviously a, a disappointing season last year. You're going to need some of these tight ends to step up. Like Jake Ferguson had a really good rookie year. Jake Ferguson now has to play like their number one. It could be Luke Schoonmaker, but Luke Schoonmaker didn't do a lot during OTAs and minicamp. He was dealing with a foot issue. So uh, there's some question marks there too. So there, I mean, the offensive line's part of it, but I can look all over this offense and say and say that, yeah, there's some things that are, yeah, they're pretty solid, but I can also see them being not as great as people are expecting either. I also I think that, that to some extent you have to get your number your number four guy because we've talked about We've talked about how they level up. I don't think C.D. Lamb, Cooks, and Gallup being healthy the whole time, the whole season is is great. But I think that's a little bit more of a pipe dream when you don't have the two tight ends or something like that. That you know the two tight end set or something that you can really rely on. You need three receivers, and if you don't, and, and three receivers means you need four. And we've heard good things about Jalen Tolbert, but he he has to take a big step this season. Can I? Uh, let's just do this now because I think it's uh, it's going to be fun here. Uh, let's just move on to the, um, would you be surprised if conversations? Mm-hmm. I came up with a couple and say, if some of these are stupid, just tell me that we can just move past it quickly. But I think those are some of the things we're talking about. Would it surprise you if they brought Zeke back? No. Um, I'm trying to think like how to describe this. Uh, I still think it's very unlikely. So... Have they ever brought a player back? If it's very unlikely, I would have to say yes, it would surprise me because I That's do think it's very unlikely still. That is a good question, Kent. Have they ever brought a player back? Man. Because they needed receivers for a while and Dez was always out there and they never brought him back. It's always, yeah, but, it feels like a part of the conversation. I, I just don't. But Dez recall was, a time that that's actually happened where they brought a former player like Beasley, never came Whitten, back, you know, like. Witten. I guess, but he unretired, Wait. right? Yeah. Brandon yeah. Carr. <laughs> yeah, Maher. Um, Brandon I think, Carr. Brandon Carr. I, I, I think, uh, I, I, I think, back. yeah. I think the thing with like, you know, Kent, to your Dez point. <laughs> oh, was, Brandon Carr, that like, is a good one. That's a good one. Dez could only play one role. Did he he one, didn't make the team, though, did he? So. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's, because uh, that's like, to me, like, are, are we more. Okay, guys, we're trying to talk talk about this from their perspective and not from mine. From their perspective, if you're letting Mike McCarthy have more of the say in the offense, he should have a lot of say in this type of thing. Although, you do it your front office making the decisions for the most part, you would hope. For me personally, my fear is that there's too much of an emotional connection and then it's like we have to give Zeke the ball. And so I thought it was strange like McCarthy talking about Hey, look at that tape of those goal line situations. You won't find any better tape than Zeke. And I'm like, he's probably just saying good things about Zeke because they cut him and he likes Zeke and, you know, probably just complimenting the guy. And then you just go, okay, Dalvin Cook got cut. And you're like, okay. Saw Ronald Jones, John, uh, throw out that first pitch at the Ranger game. Yeah. the Cardinals. You were there that night. Yeah. Uh, that was a good game, by the way. Walk-off win for the Rangers. That was good stuff. I was like, Ronald Jones is it looking like like he's big, yeah. like I knew, like I knew, like he was looking stout. 
I yeah. told, uh, I told, I, I, that's, I, I've said this from the beginning. I, like, you know, for me, when I watched Ronald Jones in Tampa, when, when he was playing with Tom Brady, like to me, it reminded me a lot about how Brady and LeGarrette Blunt looked in New England. So from if Ronald Jones can, can do some of that, you know, big guy stuff, like I, I wouldn't be surprised at all if they, if they lean on him to do that. It, it's funny too, because there's like a lot of people that will sit there and you can easily dismiss this as something stupid and minute and oh that doesn't really matter that's you know that's that's for just social media talk and nobody really cares and whatnot but i'm telling you right now when they gave that 21 to stefan gilmore that pretty much shut the door for me and the reason i say Mm. is because the cowboys are very very like dalton schultz is gone oh geez is the number gonna sit there no we're gonna give it to the the tight end we take with our second round pick you know like Oh, DeMarcus Ware's gone. We're going to have 94 immediately to Randy Gregory. You know, look how they've given 88 away the way that they have, you know, like they usually are looking to that next thing to like, oh, we got to give the next, you know, this number to the next person. Like we're moving on from this, this time, you know? And so I just found that that was very interesting when that happened. It just, to me was a very like, yeah, this is probably unlikely that he's coming back. We're just cutting ties. Also, nobody really knows if Zeke really wants to come back anyway, just because of how, you know, there's a little bit of, you know, some yeah. you got some pride there, obviously, and I'm sure he loves the team and things like that, and he'd like to come back. But there's probably also part of him is like, I would also like to show this team that they messed up by letting me go. I mean, that's just human nature. You you're gonna have to have a competitive side to get to this level, and I'm sure he has one about that. So there's got to be a little piece of that with him too. Oh yeah, he wants week three them to be calling <laughs> Zeke. Can you I mean, are you in shape? You know. <laughs> Uh, Alfred Morris also had two stints with the Cowboys, by the way. There you go, man. Forgot to mention okay, that. yes. There you go. Okay. How we no, that makes sense. Uh, I just thought that was a fun one. I don't know why. Uh, I, mean, I could see it Cooper, happening. Technically, it like Cooper, Rush, Cooper Rush went to the Giants and came back. <laughs> yeah. True. Technically, wow. yes. Wow, the biggest one of them all. Yeah. Um, okay, how about this one? Would it surprise you? We'll start with Saad this time. Would it surprise you if we don't know who the starting tight end is going into the 2024 season? No, it wouldn't surprise me. I think I, I think I think there's a better there's a good chance that we do know, but I, I it wouldn't surprise me at all if we don't know or if we're split if we feel if you know we feel like the Cowboys have two starting tight ends or something like that. Not because they're both so great, but but really just because I don't think between each other they, there's not a whole lot of separation. I would be surprised if it's not Jake Ferguson. I just think that with what he did last year, um, they were really impressed by that, particularly, you know, being able to be out there at all times, not just a situational tight end. And obviously he's running with the ones now. Schoonmaker not doing much in OTAs in minicamp doesn't help Schoonmaker. Uh, You know, Ferguson's been throwing with Dak a lot, a lot of communication between those two on the field. If he's healthy, I'd be surprised if he's not out there to where – yeah, I could see Schoonmaker if he's healthy and he and he does well in, in, in training camp and in the preseason. I could see him being like their number two because let's not act like they're not going to mm-hmm. run a lot of two tight end sets. But if you're saying who, if they're they're in a situation where there's only one tight end out there, I'll, I'll be surprised if it's not Jake Ferguson. Okay. Yeah, I. Uh, tight end's one of those I, positions, man. It's tough to just automatically just hit the ground running year one like that. There's usually some hiccups there, and. Uh, I mean, Ferguson did a good job, but also Ferguson had Dalton Schultz in front of him, you know, and uh, Peyton Hendershot impressed too. So it wasn't like it was all on him. It, 
they really need somebody they can count on right away. I mean, that needs to be like a Dak safety blanket on a lot of situations. And so I think the chances of Luke Schoonmaker, you know, making up the ground that Ferguson has in front of him right now and then passing him up, I don't know. It might happen. I just, I have my doubts right now. Yeah, and also I guess we should probably, I mean, that's where like second round pick, you immediately put that on him. It's like he was late in the second round. So, you know, yeah. technically, you know, it can maybe change your expectations and, a little bit for him. But yeah, you're right. It's, that's not like he put up, it's not like he was Kyle Pitts and he's just putting up these monster numbers at Michigan where you're just like, oh yeah, red zone monster, you know. Anytime they needed a, a big score, you know, they always look for Schoonmaker. Like that wasn't, he fits that yeah. mold of the, the, the rest of their tight end room. Big 10 guys that... You know, they've played in cold weather. They're used to playing outside. They, you know, they understand, how, you know, blocking, also, you know, running routes. And they're, yeah, they don't have the ceiling as route runners as like and, and dynamic players like a Kyle Pitts, but they're pretty solid all across the board. You know, they obviously each have strengths and weaknesses, but you, you kind of know what you have in, in, in all three of them. And really four if you, if you count uh, Sean McCune. Would it surprise you if Dak finished top three in MVP voting? Uh, mm. no, one, I guess right? not. I don't. I don't expect him to. But it wouldn't surprise me just from the fact of if they have a really good year. There is the the biggest positive I think you can get on this offensive change with McCarthy taking over is that there's going to be a lot of new stuff, new little wrinkles that other teams, your tendencies, particularly in the division, that teams aren't going to be able to lean on. And so because of that, I could see. You know, I could see them, like I said, I think they're in every game this year just because I think the defense is that good. It's that, you know, we talk about Zeke getting in and how he was kind of the face and how Garrett wanted to build around him or 2014. Those defenses aren't even close to this defense. This defense can win games for you. This defense will keep you in every game, uh, even if your offense is playing poorly. So I could see because, let's say, the Cowboys have one of the best records in the NFC, probably would have to have the best record in the NFC for him to be in that top three, but... I, I mean, basically, I could see him being the best quarterback in the NFC this year. And if that happens, I could see him being top three. Like, I don't, get, I'm not saying that that will happen, but is that really going to shock you? Like, is anybody really shocked if they're like, you know, looking back on this season, Dak had a better season than Jalen Hurts? Like, if that stuns you, then you just got Hurts on a level that, I don't know, like, it's just beyond where I'm at. Like, I think he's a really good player and he had a great year this past year, but I mean, that quarterback position's tough. I'm going to need to see this for for a few years, you know? Yeah, it wouldn't surprise me either. And the reason why is because two years ago, he was like in the leading discussion uh, midway through the season before before things went south. So we've seen it happen. And, and it's the it's the Cowboys brand, too. I mean, it's the it's, you know, if you're if you're a starting quarterback for the Cowboys, there's a lot of bad that comes your way unnecessarily, but a lot of good, too. So uh, if they're top of the NFC and, you know, especially in an offseason, and I think the narrative too, right? You let Zeke go, and so now the narrative is going to be that this kind of became Dak's team, whatever, regardless of what the stats are. I don't think he, you know, I don't think he wins. I, I think it would be surprising. It would surprise me if he won MVP. Um, it would not be surprising to me if he, you know, because winning MVP means, like, you beat out Patrick Mahomes and Joe Burrow, and I'm like, okay, like, that would be surprising, but... Being in the top three wouldn't surprise me. And with the defense being as good as it is, they're going to win a bunch of games because of that. So, I mean, quarterbacks especially are winning MVP because they're t they're on one of the best teams. And so I think the wins will be there for the Cowboys. Everything that Dak's got going in his favor as opposed to Jalen Hurts is the fact that, like, Hurts is coming off of 
a career year, a monster year that everyone is like, no doubt about it, he deserves this contract. Where Dak's always been kind of questions like, ah, did he really deserve $40 million, whatever? And then, then now there's this whole narrative about like, hey, he turns the ball over too much, even though that was an outlier season. So I could see him going into this season yeah. and just being really solid. The interception numbers going down to like nine or 10 and them winning maybe a couple more games. Who knows? Maybe the same amount of games, having one of, if not the best records in the NFC and him being right in that mix, even though, you know, we could look at the team and go, eh, technically, I think that their most valuable player this year was, was Micah, but Dak is the quarterback and man, they looked a lot better than what we were expecting. And then boom, he's in that discussion, you know? You, you know what bothered me more than the, uh, I don't want to spend a lot of time on this, by the way. What bothered me more than the sheer number of interceptions was the timing of a lot of them. You yeah. Know, sometimes like having the ball and trying to go score in the end of the second quarter. Yep. I mean, it's like, you know, because not all of these you could put on him. And I'm not here to make excuses for Dak because uh, Dak will be the first guy to tell you. Uh, Got to be better. But I was kind of like, some of those are like, Man, you're pushing it down the field with two thirty left in the second quarter, and I do realize we're trying to be aggressive and go get a double up, but like we didn't hit the two minute warning yet. We're trying to push it too far. Now, so that was some of the kind of game management type stuff that kind of bothered me more than just oh, here's how many interceptions he had. You know, yeah. Um, for me, for me, it was not just the amount of number or the situation. It was also just some of the the, the decisions of like like you actually tried to fit it in there with three people around him. Like there was that one interception way early in the season where, you know, he was trying to fit it into like a, literally a triangle around CD lamb. And it was just, you know, it was a bad throw fine, but like, it was also just a terrible decision. And so for me, it was more the decision-making than, you know, the actual interceptions themselves. Now, in honor of Pat Sajak, the host of wheel of fortune, uh, announcing his retirement, would y'all take part in a game show with me that is not related to Will of Fortune or Pat Sajak? Yes. Yeah. Can John and Sod combined, you have three strikes total. Can you name the top 15 NFL MVP odds for 2023 as of today? This is from uh, MGM Sportsbook. I have the top 15 pulled up. Can you okay. name all 15 of them without getting your three strikes? Mahomes, Burrow. Are we doing this okay. together or separately? You are, you are doing this together, so I'd okay. like for you guys to at least uh, give me a final answer. But yes, Mahomes yep. and Burrow are the top two answers. Okay. Yep. So. Jalen Hurts? Yes, number five. Okay. Uh, Aaron Rodgers? Do you want to say Aaron Rodgers, John? Uh, let's hold off on that. Okay. Um, <laughs> he's probably on there, but uh, Josh Allen? Yeah, Josh Allen. Oh, third. yeah, Josh Allen, of course. Lamar uh, Jackson? Lamar, y'all agree? Just yeah, tell me yeah. Final. Yeah, I'm fine with Lamar okay. Jackson. Same. Okay, uh, that's that's a good guess because uh, that is one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, nine. Okay. So you got one, two, three, five, and nine. Man, fifteen is that right? right. Man, like <laughs> like top fifteen because when I, when you say that, I think that there's no question that Micah Parsons it should be on there, but because of how the MVP voting is. It's like I'm literally all I'm thinking in my head are the top 15 quarterbacks, you know. Yeah. Did you but, say Dak? Did you say Dak yet? No. Oh yeah, Dak's on there. I guarantee Dak's on there, top 15. Yeah, number eight. Yeah. Just ahead of Lamar. Okay. Yeah. I, I I feel pretty uh, that's, confident. Uh, by the way, that's 1600 to one. Yeah, I'd throw Rodgers in there. Let's just go in on Rodgers too. Okay. Rodgers number 10. Also at well, actually, you know, he'd be tied for eight. 1600 to one as well. Lamar Jackson 1600 to one. So. 
So you guys have got what, one, what two, quarterback three, are we five, forgetting? Eight, nine, uh, ten. How many quarterbacks of the 49ers are on there? All three <laughs> of them or four, maybe? Honestly, like I I I feel pretty confident that uh oh, we're forgetting Herbert for sure. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. But I feel pretty confident right, that Michael four. Yeah, I yeah. feel pretty confident that Michael Parsons is somewhere on there. I, I have a good feeling. Let's about hold on. Name, Let's hold on. All the AFC quarterbacks. <laughs> Let's hold on. We got to think of some more quarterbacks here before Mahomes, we get there. Trevor Lawrence. To, uh, and how many names do we have left? How many spots we got to fill here? So you've got one through five. You need to get six, seven, and then you need to get 11 through 15. So you guys have gotten eight. You Trevor? Need seven more. Trevor? Yes, absolutely. Trevor Lawrence for sure. Number seven, Trevor Lawrence right there. There you go. So you guys need to get six and then 11 through See, 15. I'm trying to be fair here and not look at my phone because if you just showed me, like I'm trying to picture every team. If you just show me the logos of every single team, like I, w- I can get all 15, but I'm just trying to th- picture in my mind every, because it's just very clear on every team, like who the, the MVP I, type guy is. For me, the two quarterbacks, two non-quarterbacks that I'm thinking are Bosa and Parsons. And yeah. I feel I feel like both of them should be on the list. Yeah, you know what? Hey, let's let's we're, let's go both of those guys because we we can we can get a strike in here. It'll help feel, feel ourselves out here. Yeah, yeah. Put both of those on there. Go, let's go, Bosa, and Nick Bosa, not Joey Nick. Yeah, and and Micah Parsons. Okay, I'm I'm, I'm double checking another source just to make sure. No, we'll go off that one. Whatever one you got, it's fine. Okay. Well, what I had was right actually. Um, both. Uh, Two strikes. Hey, I'm both. Oh, okay, good. Good. Damn. That's it. Hey, that we still got one. Now we don't have to waste our time with Aaron Donald, so that's good because, I mean, Aaron yeah. Donald wouldn't win it anyway, but. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, you guys had it at, at uh, quarterback. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You're good. Man. So now you got to get six you and think, then 11 through 15. You think Tua would be on there? God, no. That is, uh, honestly, that is an embarrassment if that is, like, over over a Bosa, a Parsons. Like, give me a break, Tua. Yeah, I'm trying to think. Okay. Mm. Of the young guys, like, I'm thinking Justin Fields, is that's way too early for him to no. be MVP. Jordan Love. Um, but it would not surprise me if Fields is, like, on there, though, just because he's a quarterback that can put up numbers. Deshaun Watson or? I don't know. Ooh. That's a tough one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's go Deshaun Watson. Sean okay. Watson, number fifteen. Yeah, three thousand right on the edge. Okay, I like that. I like that. <laughs> I, I'm just um, going through the team logos in my head, going through every division. Oh thinking god, of you know, hey, hey, you know who could be on there? Russell Wilson. That would be very surprising to me if he was on there. I'm just saying the whole McVeigh thing. God, can they show them anymore? Yes, last night at that game, I want to talk about how low the level of uh, superstar. <laughs> What about celebrities Stafford? in Denver are? What about Stafford? Ooh, did you mean? Was it you mean Sean Payton? Yeah, Sean. Payton. Yeah, who did I say? You said McVay. He said McVay. McVay. That's why I thought oh, about yeah, Stafford. But I feel like yeah, Stafford blonde, would probably be on there. Maybe blonde-headed guy. You know, salsa. You know, if you're if you're talking about non-quarterbacks, if you want to take one more stab, maybe Cooper Cup. But mm. I'm I. We gotta save. We gotta save that last strike. Let's not do that. It's Let's, it's all quarterbacks. Let's oh, not it do is? that. Okay, okay. Yes. Oh, you know, hey, you know who could be on there? This is tough because of the injury, though. But Kyler Murray. Well, he's not going to play till November, right? 
Like, aren't they just going to have to ride out Colt McCoy? They're tanking for Caleb Williams. There's no doubt. Because they're going... They're, Kyler's not going to be back until November. God, this sucks, guess. man, because there are just so many guys that I think of. I'm just like, I wouldn't even put them in the same breath as the impact they make as a Micah Parsons. You know, like, you know, just thinking about like Derek Carr and uh, like you said, Saad, Tua or Kirk Cousins. Like, that is so laughable to me. Yeah, I mean, they're, they're especially, me, a, especially, I don't really care what he does in the massage rooms when we're talking about this discussion. Deshaun Watson's better than all of those guys. And if he's at 15, that means they're above him too. That's the other well, part where I'm just kind of like, whoa. Yeah, and for me, the other thing is, like, Jamar Chase can't be up there because Burrow's up there. But to me, yeah. like, Cooper Cup, I, like, I, like. He would Cooper, be the only non-quarterback yeah. I, that I would say we could make a run at. But, uh, but yeah, oh, KT man. said they're all quarterbacks, so. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, but, I was also going to throw this out like there. Like Geno Smith? Just for you guys. Yeah. Gino. Don't talk yourself out of someone who was maybe the first, you know, first half MVP last year. His first half MVP last year that you haven't got yet, but you've definitely talked about already. NFC or AFC? AFC. AFC. Dang. I would give it to you because you guys Tua. mentioned it earlier. Number six, Tua. Number six because is Tua. Because if he's healthy, John just quit the pot. He's out. I gotta be honest. If he's healthy and he has that offense, he's literally I don't out. See why not? Oh man, I wish people could actually see John. Literally, like left, not not just left the area. He John has John left the entire room. That's that's embarrassing. I told you. I mean, Tua that was, is embarrassing. Tua, Tua was the first one that. In came what to world? Wait till yeah. they bring in Dalvin Cook, too. I'm then not even talking be, about you, that. Just I'm talking about like the idea that to win MVP, how healthy is he going to be? Is he yeah, making I, it through a full season like that? No. Well, oh, I'm my thinking, God. And define the most valuable player because they're going to have so many weapons. Like, how is he going to be the most valuable player and not Tyreek Hill on that offense or something, right? right. Oh, over Dak, Lamar, and Aaron Rodgers. That's oh, crazy. Tua. I think that's awful. The, the only other quarterbacks that are coming to my mind, and maybe I'm blanking, are and I don't think either of these are anywhere oh, near. Oh, sod, sod. Two was at six. <laughs> Throw out Eric Kramer and uh, Kirk Cousins <laughs> and Mike Mike Tomzak. I mean, they're all in play now. If two was at six, for me, it's just Derek Carr, Kenny Pickett. Um, and I'm trying to think of what other quarterbacks. I, I I'm a Jimmy Garoppolo fan and with the Raiders, yeah. so I I feel like Jimmy G oh, would well, be up there. Oh, and also if two is there, Matthew Stafford has to be on that list. Yeah. Um, I mean, is Matthew Stafford going to be 100? percent I'll take or Matthew Stafford at 25 compared to two at 100. I mean, give me a break. Wow. <laughs> put Matthew Stafford on like okay, put two on I mean, that dude, Rams team Kill. that won the Super Bowl. Do you really think that Rams team with Tua is winning that Super Bowl? You really think that? No, but Tyree Kill and Waddle are different. Nah, they can they can make you look really good. Okay, wait. So where are we at? Justin Fields yet? Because is Justin Fields? Justin Fields the best quarterback in his division. I feel like Justin Fields should be on there if Tua's number six. Oh, is Jared Goff on there? No way. Um, (laughs) There's no way. (laughs) No, but he's close. I think he's right outside the fifteen. Yeah. Yeah, I was gonna. There's no way Jared Goff. Justin Fields is number 11. We'll get on with it here. Justin Fields okay, is number yeah. 11. Okay, so what do we number have 12, left? Number 12, Trey Lance. 
and Brock Purdy because it's like, who's the 49er quarterback going to be? Because they're set up for success. But Just see, imagine, you, uh, imagine you, the 49ers having a bunch of success, success and you voting for him when obviously if they had that success, it's because the defense is super dominant, McCaffrey's doing a bunch of stuff, Debo's all over the place, and you'd be like, no. And hey, by the way, if while we're talking about this, I also don't think Dak should have won Rookie of the Year when he did. Like, I thought they gave it to him just because it was a quarterback type thing. Like, I thought yeah. Ezekiel Elliott should have been Rookie of the Year. I've always said that. Like, I've just, Dak was great for, for a rookie, but like Ezekiel Elliott was the best player on that team that year. So, also, I mean, it's, it's such a flawed thing to say Trey Lance or Brock Purdy. If either one of them is the MVP at 12, then, then they're not the MVP. Then Debo or Christian McCaffrey are. It's kind of like what I was saying with Cooper Cup. Yeah. Um, well, awards are stupid. Yeah. Um, Geno Smith also comes in there. Yeah, no, I knew. There. When you said two so. was at six, I knew Geno was on it. So. Geno's who I thought of when you were talking about like being an MVP type guy last year. Because there I was, was that time where he, where people were like, man, he's balling. You know, who they were, were playing you, well. Who were you referring to when you said that? Tua. Oh, Tua? Is that what, KT, when you said first half MVP AFC, were you th- talking yeah. about Tua? Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Well, then that's. I mean, did they start it out so? And good. I and I hate that it even hurt. comes off as me acting like he's terrible. I don't think Tua is terrible. I think he can be a good player. Like I, 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 it's not that I don't believe in him. I could, if you told me he was their franchise quarterback five, six years from now, I'm not saying that that's crazy or anything. But having him at six, in what world? What has she shown you to put him at six? Is what I'm saying. No, it feels wild to even think that he'll be able to play ten games, just knowing what we know. And, I'm also in the camp of like, dude, if your head's messed up, you don't have to play. But I'm telling you, like, man, it is not just a head thing with him. Yeah, it's everything. Yeah. If it's not, a, if it's not a hip, it's a shoulder. It's it's always it's one thing after another. And obviously, all, the head is the worst part. Yeah, yeah this MVP thing is really because if you're just like on a very basic level taking one player off, um, I like I don't I, I think Dak is justifiably because of the importance of the quarterback position. We just talked all podcast about how the offense runs through Dak. I get it. But it makes a bigger difference if you take Micah Parsons off than if you take whatever 49ers quarterback off off that. And last year is proof of that. They literally ran through three quarterbacks. But you can't – if you take Micah Parsons off the Cowboys last year, I mean, he's, he's, he's above in the MVP voting than any of those quarterbacks in San Francisco. Oh, you don't think Sam Williams is just getting all those sacks? <laughs> no. Oh, okay. Um, that was it. That was a fun exercise. Yeah, it's a little fun, right? We're having a good time. Ridiculous. Uh, I'm not having a good time. I'm mad. <laughs> this is a. This will be a quick one, I would imagine. Um, would it surprise you if they did not get long-term deals done with all three of Parsons, Lamb, and Diggs? In terms of av- like in the near future or before training camp? I almost have to add a two-year window because they're you know the urgency to sign right. Micah. Is not the same as with Lamb and Diggs. And, and but, which were which are the three but, you said? Uh, Micah Parsons, C.D. Lamb, and Trayvon Diggs. Because those are the three that will come up in conversation. Stephen comments on like we know we got to get them done. And he's talking about those three players. <laughs> there's no there there is zero, there's no chance I can uh, the, well I shouldn't say no chance if Micah Parsons started dealing with a bunch of injuries and he wasn't healthy like this season. Let's say he missed a bunch of games where health started being an issue. Then yeah, that could play in. But I mean, I'm just gonna do this exercise. I'm just everybody stays healthy and you're just going off the players that we've seen up to this point. I don't think that there's any way that Micah gets out of the building. I don't think there's any way that CeeDee Lamb gets out of the building. And I'm pretty confident you can say the same about Trayvon Diggs, but out of that group, he would be the one that I, uh, that 
I could at least see them being like, we'll play him out this year. We'll franchise tag him. We're going to try and, while that's going on, get a long term. But he is dead set on, I want to be the highest paid corner. Then all of a sudden that kind of starts affecting, you know, you're like, well, we got to do Micah. There's, he's our most valuable player. All right, we got to go in another direction, you know? So I, I think all yeah. three will be back, you know? But if I had to pick one that, that you would say who's the who would be like the most likely that could not be back uh, or the least likely to be back out of the group, I would say it'd be Diggs. There is yeah. more cornerback movement in the league than there is wide receiver and edge rusher movement. Yeah. But I'm telling you, man, like what if playing next to Gilmore, all of a sudden like Diggs just has an even better year than he had uh, two years ago in terms of number wise, passes, yeah. def- defense and interceptions and stuff like that. Like it'll be hard to do that. But if he looks even better, he's first team all pro. Like, don't get me wrong. They're going to do everything to bring him back, but maybe he gets to a point where then that starts affecting being able to bring back CD and Dak and Micah. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah, if I had to rank him right now, I would say, you know, Micah one, CD two, Trayvon Diggs three. Um, I got one for you. I got one for you guys. Um, give me a player that is on the team right now that could potentially not be on the team during the season. Uh, when the, they cut down to 53 that maybe, you know, people might be surprised by. I don't, I would pick a linebacker. Um, I don't know which one, but I would pick a linebacker. If you're going to pick a linebacker, I would say the one would have to be Jabril Cox. Yeah. Like there's no that. chance that, there's no chance Damone Clark isn't making the team. There's no chance that Leighton Vanderish isn't making the team. Right. So it would have to be Cox. That's a good one for sure. I got two in, in oh. mind, but yeah, that that's definitely a good one. I'll say this. I'm not being uh, mean towards him, but being helpful. I would say if you can't get out of training camp and you're like, this Jalen Tolbert thing's a lost cause. Ooh, that's an interesting one too. Yeah. Then I would add that to the to the list. Yeah. Um, Neville Gallimore will be my other name. That was one I was thinking of for sure. Neville okay. Gallimore, I was thinking of, and Kelvin Joseph. Oh, Kelvin yeah, Joseph wouldn't be surprising to me. You say you say that, but this is a team that doesn't really part ways with second or third round picks. Yeah, and yeah. Jalen Tolbert, Neville Gallimore, Kelvin Joseph. I mean, Kelvin Joseph's a second round pick. I know it doesn't seem like it because he doesn't get on the field, but I'm telling you, like, I, I it shouldn't be a surprise. But I'm I'm just saying, like, a second round pick. The Cowboys generally aren't moving away from those guys. And I tell you what, and I with just... Tolbert, I think that Tolbert they would give. They would give him another year. It just he would be buried in the too. depth chart and not play, and, and there'd be games he didn't dress for and things like that. And it would lead to a uh, another T. Y. Hilton situation. You know, like I thought about that when Saad said they have to have a you know number number four receiver emerge. And if that isn't you know Simi Fajoko or or uh, Jalen Tolbert or Turpin or maybe somebody that's you know stands out at training camp, I expect this team to go after another veteran like they did with T. Y. Hilton. I'll tell you what, I could see them if they want to get part ways with Joseph and just bring back Anthony Brown. Yeah. Uh, you know. I'd like actually that. be okay with that. Yeah. Um, last one, because I'm a dick. Would it surprise you if they don't make the conference championship game if Mike McCarthy comes back for the fifth and final year of his contract? They don't no. take the step forward, make it to the final four. Would it surprise you if he is still their head coach going into 2024? See, th- this is always a hard question for me because it depends on how. Because if Cooper Rush has taken you to the divisional round and you lose on a last-second field goal, 
um, with Cooper Rush, you know, being your starter for the last five weeks of the regular season and both playoff games, then I think Mike McCarthy over overperformed by taking them to the brink of the conference championship. But with Dak and with, you know, Micah and everything, I feel a little differently about that. So I don't want to cop out of the answer, though. So I'll say that it it would not surprise me if he came back for another year, um, even if they don't make it to the conference championship game, just because in football, there's very few chance that everything would just go right. There won't be injuries and stuff like that. Like So that's that's my thing with that. Yeah, I would agree with Saad. I just think that there's a lot of different things that could factor in. I mean, in your scenario, I'm imagining them winning obviously a decent amount of games they got back to the playoffs because if that doesn't happen then I don't think that there's any way that Mike McCarthy's back I think that they potentially could just make a switch during the season go to Dan Quinn then but in your scenario and much like I think will happen I, I think they'll win you know might be 10 or 10 or 11 maybe it's 12 games again but it makes them you know puts them in the playoffs again and uh, I expect them to win at least one playoff game but I can also see a scenario where they get the Niners in the second round or the Eagles in the second round and they lose to one of those teams. Cause I still think it is that Eagles, Niners, Cowboys, and then kind of everybody else in the NFC. So if they make it back there and they fall short late, uh, I, 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 I think there's a decent chance that Jerry would go in another direction, but it would not surprise me if he, if he gave Mike that fifth year. That's tough, and it's an impossible one to know, and it's a loaded question. Uh, honestly, I mean, you remove Sean Payton from this. Uh, you rem- season. <laughs> you remind you remove Sean Payton from this this conversation. I mean, it really makes it pretty narrow. It it, it may, well, that's a possibility, I guess, but it makes it pretty narrow in the sense of there's not a, a ton of guys out there that you'd be like, um, oh, okay, well now they're going in this direction. Like, do you think he wants to really deal with like a college head coach? You know, he's got this team that's all ready to win. Like, so I don't see anything there. And then, so you look at, I guess, oh, God. Dan I don't Quinn. Really want to put this in the Dan East. Quinn would look be around your top the conference, guy. Though. The, the team that's... Right. The, the, the only team, other the person I'm going to throw out there that I don't think that this would work, but mm, what if, like, Michigan won the national championship and he went after Harbaugh? They clearly like I mean, drafting look, from his program... And then the other part of it is that he does have the pro experience where, you know, they did he did get the Niners to the Super Bowl. I don't want that to happen. That's my least favorite scenario of all possible scenarios. But I'm just saying, Same. like, there's not many, like, obvious guys out there now with Sean Payton in Denver to where I really do feel like it's like, well, if it's not Mike, then it's then it's Dan Quinn, you know? And if the season's that awful, like, are, are you making that change in season? Are you doing it in the off season? Like, I don't... I don't know. I, I, if I had a bet right now, I would say that I think Mike McCarthy's back next year. You know, but well, yeah, yeah, we don't know what's gonna happen. Like uh, maybe right. that other team, maybe it's Detroit. Although I gotta see it before I'll ever believe it. Right, <laughs> like takes that leap. Like the one of the teams over the last ten years that broke your heart is not a factor this year in Green yeah. Bay. It's literally you, Philadelphia, and New York, and I mean, and and San Francisco. You, Philadelphia, and San Francisco. And you know, if someone else is there to surprise you, whether it is a We'll say Detroit. I think Minnesota is what they are, right? They probably yeah. have a good regular season, especially with them getting rid of Dalvin Cook. I don't know what they're doing, but yeah, boy, they just seem like a team that's just on a weird treadmill ride. That's like I don't know. It's like very oh, strange. maybe let's let this thing be awful, and we'll draft one of these quarterbacks and be able to pair that quarterback with like Justin Jefferson. You know, it's strange what they're doing, but with 
Like Kirk is good enough, and Justin Jefferson, we all know, is good enough to like. Yeah, she's already good enough to go in like six, seven games. So it's like okay. But has the yeah, NFC been been this there for the taking though? I mean, I no, can't remember the last time in it my has. life. Right, so that's why I look at it where I'm. I don't know. It's tough because I, 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 I can see them getting into the playoffs and getting to like the NFC Championship game and losing to the Eagles or the 49ers. But it's also, well, you did take a step. You did get past the divisional round finally. And yeah. then, yeah. well, you know. I think I think also like on the coaching stuff, like there's always a couple of guys that like, you know, come up out of nowhere during that season. Like I think, like I think Brian Callahan could be a name that, you know, gets a lot more love depending on how things go in Cincinnati again. So um, you know, things like that. I feel like, I feel like the young, the young guy that is putting things together could, and I think Nathaniel Hackett might look kind of good this year. So we'll see. I'm dying for Jerry to just take the headset and be the coach. God. I think he, he likes Dan Campbell. Man. I mean, I think that's what we need. If Detroit does make another step, I think he would go after Dan Campbell and, um, you know, Dion, the, char- the Chargers, the charger. <laughs> The Chargers win the Super Bowl, and he goes against Kellen. <laughs> Gosh, Dude, amazing, amazing! Dude, uh, if Dion wins Dion, six games, I, I, you I, should go get Dion. Screw I, it. <laughs> I can't. I can't see Jerry wanting to. I can't see Jerry wanting to do a, a Dion thing just because of the fact of that's another transition to the pros. I just, I really feel like where Jerry's at in his life, it's going to have to be someone that's had some success as a head coach at the NFL level. I don't think he wants to go back to. You know, no dice rolling. Yeah, Jimmy Jones, who, who and Barry is there, Switzer. That's like, what's up? Who's going to be have more credentials than Mike McCarthy? Though that's going to be the tough thing. Is like, well, Currently? shoot, where's Matt yeah. Patricia? There's a very year. short list, like Tomlin, like- Belichick. You know, there's only a few guys that's like check the box higher than McCarthy in terms of the the NFL experience, taking a team to the Super Bowl. That whole that whole bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I meant, but like, not even if getting to the Super Bowl, just teams that have, you know, some coaches that have been around for a while that he feels like I know a lot about this guy. I mean, yeah. Dan Quinn didn't win a Super Bowl. And like we, we said, I mean, I think the Vegas favorites would be that he is the next coach if, if they were to part ways with Mike yeah. McCarthy. So, well, hopefully it's McCarthy and it's a good year and McCarthy's back for year five of his contract. How about that? I mean, my, the thing back. I keep going back to is I, I do think there'll be some some struggles early on offensively in terms of, and I shouldn't say struggles, but just like maybe some not on the same page stuff, got to kind of work some things out and that. But I, I just really do feel the defense is good enough that they'll still be in all these games. And so, yeah, maybe there might be some plays that, you know, the offense is struggling to get the ball moving in the first, second quarter of these, some of these games, but they work it out, make some adjustments, and they're they're still in it in the fourth quarter to, to take care of business, you know? So, uh at the end of the day, I mean, they just got a lot of veteran type players that are out there that if they're, if you can tell me that Brandon cooks and Dak and CD are going to be healthy and Tony Pollard and Tyron and Terrence, like I can, there's the, the, the players are there on paper for them to be successful on offense. It just, it's, it just seems like since McCarthy's been the head coach, it's just been one thing or another on offense in terms of like injuries. If it isn't Dak in 2020, it's the offensive line can't stay healthy and you can't get the same group there. And then, you know, Zeke obviously falls off. They, part ways with Amari Cooper, Michael Gallup gets hurt. And then all of a sudden the wide receiver thing drops off, you know? And so if you tell me the group on paper right, that they have right now stays healthy, I mean, this offense can be, I think can be really good. Well, look, uh, we'll uh, reconvene uh, in due time and I uh, talk a little more uh, Cowboys. Obviously, if anything happens on the emergency front, we'll be here for you. 
I think that was on that. I think this was the most interesting hour of football talk you can have in mid June at this point. <laughs> yeah, I'm being honest. Yeah, it's it's uh, it it is tough this time of year when you're kind of like, okay, well, we're just kind of counting down. Well, let me throw out one. Enjoy getting the mind off of it. You know, let me throw let me throw out one other thing for you guys. Then just just since it's we're just having fun here. Um, so I'm watching that the Nuggets game last night. You know, and I challenge you to find a more forgettable uniform in your lifetime of a team that won a championship than that Nuggets uniform. Dude, that was some straight. Like, do you guys remember Stephen Barry's? Like, do you, do you, are you familiar have you with seen that? Mavs uniforms? When they won the title? Yeah. I thought they were fine. That's like, they were the ones that, like, it used to be, it, you know what it was? Okay, KT, it was like this. It was like a store at the mall where, like, they would have team gear, but it would be, like, knockoff level. So, T-shirts would be, like, 10 bucks, And they would say Ohio State, and it would be in the colors, but it wouldn't be, like, the real, like, type of. Oh, Steve and Berries. Yeah, I yeah. Thought I thought you said Steve, Steve and Barry. Yeah, I, I thought like, you said Steve and Barry. I was like, I don't no, know no, who no, Steve and Steve Barry is. and Barry's. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. That's what their I've jerseys look like to me. Yes, oh, I remember okay. that. They had that one of those at Grapevine Mills. I remember. Yeah, yeah, they did. I remember like a Mervin's, but I don't know if it's <laughs> <laughs> Mervin's. I'm serious. I'm, I challenge you to find a uniform that's more like forgettable and generic than that thing that they were wearing yesterday. For being, yeah, that's, that's pretty bad, but they have some cool ones. That's just like why were they not one. wearing them during the biggest game in franchise <laughs> I history? I don't know. They maybe? don't let them wear like the throw the uh, alternates in the in the finals. I guess right. Well, yeah, but I'm but I mean even with that, like I'm just saying, like you should your main uniform that you're wearing in the NBA finals yeah. should be something where people twenty years from now would see that jersey and be like, man, remember that? That's that Nuggets team, man. Remember how good they were with Jokic and Murray and that? Like literally, no one is gonna say that when they see that thing. I can't think of one in in all of sports that I that of any team. I'm not a big hockey fan though, so yeah. I could be forgetting something there. That's but yeah. they're very bland no, in no. hockey. They're very standard. They're not. They're Indeed. they want, They're not like too bad or too good. They're just there. It it matches the bit though. The the best player didn't even want to go to the parade. He yeah. just wants to leave. I mean, it's amazing. I love it so much. He's like, I'm so tired from all of this season of work. <laughs> Would, can I stop having deadlines and commitments? And I feel that so much. If they don't have like a dynasty so run, jo- this will be Dude. one of the most forgotten NBA champions. Yeah, no doubt. But if then now no they doubt. keep they- coming back and then it's just like, hey, this is like the new NBA dynasty. They're in the finals, you know, you know, for the next seven years or something, then maybe whatever. But I just like everything about them. I'm just like. What's what really stands out? I, I know in a way it's really 2017 Eagles to me, where you're just like, when you really look back, like, what do you really? Yeah, Nick Foles and Doug Peterson, cool Brandon yeah. Graham. Like, there's just not a lot that people. Went, Way to go! Well, we got to put this team up against that. Like, I don't know. There's just something about it yeah. where I was like, hmm. And then that and they're just running around with these tank tops that said Denver on them. I was just like, somebody <laughs> forget the uniform, and now they're just wearing some practice stuff or what? Like, what is this? Is they're begging Peyton Manning to be on TV a couple times. Oh. Just to show, hey, we got a little bit of star power. Like, man. Uh, I'm just a beaten but, down old Detroit sports fan where they can't get any titles. And, <laughs> you know, Stan Kroenke is just like, oh, we'll win a title here. We'll win a title here. I will say also what was kind of funny watching that is like, I'm like, man, this guy is just in the zone. Like this guy, I mean, he he. everybody should want him to own their team. 
And then he gets on the mic after, when he's getting the trophy. I'm just like, oh, man, maybe oh, maybe, yeah. maybe, his kids are running the show or something. Like, I don't know where this is going. He's all leaning up into Lisa Salter's ear. Being oh, so those, those were the, the city edition. <laughs> the Denver. Is that what that the was? Si- the city edition. Why are we wearing city edition? They were not the statement jersey, edition, jersey. which are their, their good ones. Did you really need to pull out the good luck jersey because yeah. you were going to beat the Miami Heat? Like, That's why it I says mean, Denver instead of Nuggets on there at a home uh home game or whatever but i mean throw on those old matumbo throwbacks or something <laughs> i mean my what was that yeah those are bad anyway sorry well guys we'll see you next time when we see you um and hopefully uh, you know the rangers keep doing good and all that stuff and then you know if we get some cowboys news we'll be around for it so uh you got us you know where to find us too uh kent garrison uh thank you for producing the thing you can find him on Twitter as well father john mashota Mr. Sod after a good stars run there. And then, uh, you know, I'm Kevin. Uh, so that's just me. Uh, you can find me at KT fun tweets. If you disagree with any McCarthy or Zeke opinions, that's usually, the, usually I found a, I found a Reddit thread from about seven months ago. Sorry, I'm trying to get out of here. I found a Reddit thread from about seven months ago. And I think it was titled based on one of our podcasts. Kevin Turner is the worst DFW media member. And I just said, man, I don't really get credentialed to stuff anymore, so I don't know if I'm considered a media member. That's a, that's pretty bold. Kind of an honor, yeah. To, to you're still in the still in the fraternity of DFW Media, you know. Hell Let's get yeah, shirts man, made. I'm the worst. Let's go. Uh, hey, so if people don't good... disagree with something yeah. you said, you're probably not saying anything interesting, KT. So take that as a compliment. Hell yeah, man. It's true. Hot take, Turner. You know me. <laughs> Always coming out contrived. Um, well, guys, uh, we'll catch up soon and, uh, you know, we'll uh, obviously let you know when it happens. So rock on, everyone. This has been another edition of About Them Cowboys. Cowboy football.